Uncle Monster's Spooky Time Fright Hour, your source for the straight poop on all things supernatural. We're your hosts. Uh, my name is Chris Anderson, but if you went to high school with me, you can call me Shibby. And I'm Ethan Sereski, and I don't get any of my medical advice from Joe Rogan. Just not, not one bit of it. No, no, we give medical advice because we're podcast hosters. Yeah, that's 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 our job. Actually, our job is talking about all the things that go bump in the night, all your favorite cryptid monsters, you name it. Hit them with the premise, Ethan. Well, like all episodes of Uncle Monster's Spooky Time Fright Hour, on this episode, one of us, uh, Shibble, this episode, mm-hmm. has done extensive research on a gold, a gold, a ghoul, a ghost, a goblin, a demon, a werewolf, a vampire. In this episode, it is... Creepiest of them all, Star Jelly. Star Jelly. Yes, you heard that right. It's Star Jelly. Star Jelly. Now, Ethan, you don't know what Star Jelly is. No, no, because that's the other half of the premise. I come in and I know nothing, and and especially this episode, I know nothing. I've never even heard the word Star and Jelly uh, juxtaposed before. So this this is brand new, and I'll be an excellent audience surrogate. So, Shibble, uh, how do you want to start this episode of Star Jelly? Well, I'd like to take advantage of your ignorance, as though I oh. were some sort of carnival huckster. Oh, I was thinking poker player. N- n- hey, friend, I bet I can guess your weight within 20 pounds up and down. Do it. Ooh, okay, well, shit. Um, I'm going to say... All right, I know about what I weigh, and I haven't seen you in person or your full body in at least 15 years, but I'm going to... No, I'll 10 years. No, because I saw you at our wedding. Um, you want me to stand up? Uh, no, I'm going to guess based just... For those of you who don't know, Ethan records all episodes reclining in bed. It's very <laughs> erotic. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to guess 210. Thank you. All right, All right, let's move on. Now, if you think I was a great success, let's see how well you do with Star Jelly. When I say Star Jelly to you, in your mind's yes. eye, what do you picture? Well, I get angry because I, I think you picked that just to, <laughs> just to fuck with me during the episode because I don't... I think you picked the weirdest thing you could possibly find. Well, I mean, that's what I try to do. <laughs> That's oh, sort okay. of a bit of All the right. premise well, of the show. Yeah. yeah well, I, no, that, I gave the premise of the show, and that was not in the premise. Fair enough. Uh, I have uh, four theories on what Star Jelly is. I love how you never edit down your theories. Hit me with all four of them. I d- uh, you know what's funny? I always edit down my <laughs> theories. All right, no bad ideas and brainstorming. Hit me with your four theories. Okay, number one. It's intergalactic lubricant because aliens are freaky sex beings. Could be. It is? It could be. I got it. It could be. I don't want to say yes or no. We got three more theories at least. Theory two. If you insert a needle into a celebrity's pineal gland, Mm. you can extract a viscous liquid that will heal you of COVID or other diseases. It's called star jelly. The more famous the person, the richer and more flavorful the star jelly... And uh, people were seen at the site of Kobe Bryant's helicopter crash spreading his star jelly on sandwiches. 
And we are now selling Star Jelly in the Uncle Monster store for just forty nine ninety nine a tube. Yeah. Oh, we should sell Star Jelly. <laughs> but from who? God, that's that's the fun. You never know who Ken. Star Jelly you're gonna get. Collect them Ken. all. Ken Sago Star it Jelly. It could be Ken Sagos's Star Jelly. It could be Kobe Bryant. It could be Richard Carn. Who is that? You might know him as Al Borland from Home Improvement. Oh my God! What a great reference. He would be a great um, get. He would be a great, a wonderful guest. I'm sure. Um, he's the Tool Time guy. Uh, he was the Tool Time guy's friend with the beard. He went on to host uh, Family Feud for a little while. All right. Did he die? I think he's still out there, still making people smile. Well, that's good for him because most hosts of Family Feud meet a, a bitter end. And so you got uh, another theory? Oh, uh, you didn't want to talk about that? Uh, theory number three, uh, a brand of actual marmalade jelly. Okay, it's true. Today's episode is sponsored by Bon Maman's Star Jelly. Uh, it would have a cute cartoon star mascot named Shimmer. And it would say, come sparkle with star jelly. And it would come in flavors like intergalactic orange, galactic green, intergalactic apple, and galactic grape. A lot of galactic going on. Yeah, well, that's that's what they're going with. Yeah, they, I mean, they could have gone with, like, cosmic cherry or... Uh, that doesn't, there's no alliteration there. It's true, but they're also that's also not alliteration in intergalactic orange. Uh, there is. I and O are different letters. I think that the way you make the sounds with your mouth uh, make it close to alliteration. Got it. So, intergalactic orange. Yeah, yeah. Theory number four. Star Jelly is a cryptid. It started off as an overweight black woman who was a journalist and a newscaster her whole life. She worked and worked and was up for the view against Star Jones and lost out on the part. Her career was ruined, and she was jelly. So she began to murder talkative yentas with opinions based on no research. Also, she drags kids into lakes and drowns them and has glowing red eyes now because she's a cryptid. She is Star Jelly, and she has an apartment in Studio City. Well, those are four fantastic guesses. Thank you. But what I'd like to do is share with you, I've prepared for the occasion, a work of narrative fiction. Oh, well, narrative fiction is, of course, how you learn best. Yes. And and it's beca- it's become how I learn best, and it's probably become how the audience learns best. Yeah. The thing is, when I'm teaching you about cryptids, you're really teaching me. Now, I have a question. Are you are you saying that I wasn't I didn't get any like nothing right well, in my guess? Well, I don't want to give too much away. So, let's uh with that, let's not uh Let's not dawdle. Yeah. Let's find yeah, out. That's what, in story time. It is story time. <gasps> it's story time. Story time. Story time with Uncle Monster. Story time. Story time. It's story time. It's story time with Uncle Monster. Story, story time. time. Corn. America's yeah. grain. Not a single American man, woman, or child doesn't love some delicious corn. Whether it's as frozen niblets, flaming hot Cheetos, 
or Mountain Dew Baja Blast, sweetened with corn syrup. Your average American consumes the equivalent of three ears of corn every day. You take pride in your corn. All the corn distributors in southern Kansas fight over your high-quality corn. Nobody calls you by your birth name, Leland Humboldt. They just call you Dumbo, because you got them big ears. You sit on your porch with your dog, Joker, and look across your acres and acres of crop as the sun sets. You'll probably be turning in soon. The harvest starts tomorrow. You take a sip of your decaffeinated monster energy drink and smile. Did any of your corn make its way into this delicious piss-yellow beverage that tastes like baby aspirin? Who can say? But could be. Life is a funny old bird. You're about to bring old Joker back inside, when suddenly, a meteor soars through the newly blackened night sky. You see a glowing piece drop from that bad boy, and it looks like it's about to crash straight into your southernmost acreage. Last thing you need is some burning hot sky rock tearing through your yellow ears of gold. So you grab Joker and you hop in the four-wheeler. You screech to a halt down on the South 40, uh, nearby where you thought it might have landed. You and Joker race through rows and rows, as though you were in the world's easiest corn maze. You ever think about how maze is another word for corn? You burst through and find it, this purple pile of slime, about six feet around. It quivers gently, having mushed your precious corn down to the ground with its footprint. It steams, and the steam has a gentle glow in the moonlight. Metal flecks in the glue reflect your four-wheeler's headlights. You're about to mutter, what in tarnation? When Joker runs up to the stuff. So instead you have to say, Joker, get away from that damn thing. The dumb old dog sticks his nose in the blob and starts lapping it up. That dog would eat anything. I swear one time you saw him eat a leftover half bottle of your wife's hair dye. Joker's basically a walking trash compactor. Anyway, he slops up some of the slop. You rush over to him yanking on his collar. But it's too late. He gets real still. Then he turns his head toward you, real slow, real deliberate. You okay, Joker? I am not Joker, your dog responds. This surprises you, as your dog does not normally talk, and also responds to the name Joker. I am on a mission of exploration. I, like my billions of brother-sisters, have been spawned from our home colony on a distant moon and sent through the cold, dark place to find a new home where we can grow and live, your dog says. <laughs> Are you going to eat my corn? you ask, worried. I don't know what that is, but no. I have not landed in a place where I can grow. I fear my cycle is at an end. 
Remember me! Joker then horks up a belly full of purple sludge. The large mass begins to lose its shape and dissolve into the ground. Joker looks up at you, his tail wagging. Does he know that, for a brief while, he was the voice of the star jelly? <laughs> the end. You're such a weirdo, dude. I don't know what you mean. This is all... This is normal stuff. <laughs> this is all very normal. I, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was a well a well-crafted story, in fact. Oh, thank you so much. I appreciate it. Sorry, ex- I like I like Joker. It had a lot of character development for him. Yeah, Joker really went on a journey right there. I'm glad he turned out to be okay. I was like, I better I make sure that the dog lives. I knew you wouldn't hurt the dog. Good. Yeah, I hope our audience members did not worry too much about Joker. I would never. I kill did a dog in the in beginning. Yeah, I'm gonna next week. Okay, perfect. Trigger warning for next yeah. week: dead dogs. Yes, I I don't know if I could do that. I love dogs. Um. Would you like some jelly facts? Yeah, tell me about... Let's talk about Terran jelly, as I like to call it. The jelly of planet Earth. With some jelly facts. Gelatin desserts are made with a sweetened and flavored processed collagen product called gelatin. Mm. This kind of dessert was first recorded as jelly by Hannah Glass in her 18th century book, The Art of Cookery. Appearing in a layer of trifle. Fair enough. Yeah, jelly's a classic trifle ingredient. It is, and it was. That's where it was first recorded. As uh, that's where it, jelly was first recorded in trifle. <laughs> Some fruits, when unprocessed, such as pineapple, figs, papaya, and kiwi, contain enzymes that break up gelatin. So, including these fruits does not allow jello to set. Jelly to set. It's true. That's why pineapple, when you eat it, that enzyme, that's why your mouth hurts if you eat too much raw pineapple. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's the same so enzyme that's in flesh-eating bacteria. So you can't... Oh, it is? Yeah, just in, you know, relatively smaller amounts. I knew I didn't like pineapple, but so you can't ever have pineapple jelly. Uh, you can, but there's there must be a way to neutralize that enzyme or something. Because I've, I've had... Well, I've had pineapple preserves. I don't know if it was jelly. It might have okay. been set with like pectin instead of gelatin or something. Okay, I, I'll. I don't know what that means. Uh, one of the most pressing jelly issues facing the world right now mm-hmm. is. <laughs> you don't need to tell me. We all know what you're about to say. Yes. It's the great jelly shortage. No. Oh, supply chain issues. Yeah. Oh my God. Am I right? Oh yeah. Thanks, Biden. So- yeah, bye. Now I have to get jam. Yeah, really? Um, I have to wait an extra two hours for my jam. Um, one of the most pressing jelly issues facing the world right now is the size of the jelly in the middle of Jaffa cake. Mm. People are adamant that the jelly has gotten smaller and that it's part of a big confectionery con. Well, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised. I do like a good Jaffa cake. I don't know what they are, but people seem to be up in arms about it. They're like uh, a little tiny cake that's shaped like a cookie, almost. And then you have a circle of orange jelly on top, and then it's covered in chocolate. Ooh. Yeah, it's great. Oh, that sounds good. Okay. Listeners of the show, check out Jaffa Cakes. Uh, Do you want to go directly into the episode 
or would you like to introduce the listeners to a new uh, segment? Boy, I mean, I feel like 16 minutes in, it might be a good time to start the episode, but what's your new segment? Okay, let's start the episode, and we'll, and we'll throw it in later. Beautiful. All right, so Star Jelly is a mysterious ooze, goo, or gunk uh, that is deposited by meteor showers in wooded or grassy areas. Uh, most reports state that it is gray to off-white and translucent. And every time it's discovered, it either dissolves or dissipates very quickly. On purpose? Is it sentient? Uh, it's uh, tough to say. I One of my theories is yes. Let's go with yes. Yeah, I like yes. Yes, it's sentient. Yeah, we're going to go with sentient. This is a mysterious goo that is deposited by meteors and has the ability to think. It's almost like nanoorganisms. Uh, and the volume uh, at any given sighting appears to be somewhere around a cup, although larger amounts have been seen, like that big blob in the story. They have seen ones that have been up to six feet around. Oh, okay, so that is possible, because that sounded like a lot in the story. Yeah, it did indeed sound like a lot, but it's out I was there. getting a blob, like a blob feeling. Well, it's funny that you mentioned the blob. That's going to come up later. Okay, well, I'll hold on to it. All right. So uh, let me put that check in my in my pocket, fold it, and hold on to it. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna cash that one, baby. Yeah. So uh, it was originally known as Stella Terre, or Star of the Earth in Latin, but you can also find it uh, in different texts from around the world uh, throughout. Uh, it has a very long history under these assorted names. I would assume it has a history as long as the galaxy, if it's from the Well, its stars. recorded history only goes back about 800 years. Oh, okay. But uh, you can find it under the names Uligo, Stair Slime, Asub, Puder Sur, which is route from the stars in Welsh. Say it again. Puder Sur, I think it's spelled P-W-D-R-E space S-E-R. Peter, sir. Yeah, I'm. I'm. I gotta work on my Welsh. I'm gonna be honest. Yeah, that's not. Yeah, I don't have any. Yeah. Uh, We got uh, star fallen, star falling, star shot, star slime, star sloth, star slubber, star spurt, star slutch, and down in Veracruz, Mexico, they call it caca de luna, which means moon poop. Yeah, and, I, I was going to guess that, yeah. Yeah, and down to Veracruz, it's fried up and eaten. Shibble, is this, does this exist? Well, it's a little bit early to begin to, is it real, isn't it? I know, but you're saying they eat it. so Well, I, I they mean, do like, eat caca de luna in Veracruz, Mexico. All right, okay, so it is a fact they eat moon shit in Mexico. They certainly do. They love it. They okay. deep fry they, it, which is the best way to prepare anything. Really. Anything. You, you yeah. can make almost Eat. anything palatable if you deep fry it. Like Twinkies. Are, I I heard the Twinkies fried are really good. That's what I've heard, but it sounds a little bit rich for me. I was never, Oh, I, I would tear into it. You know, I went to the uh, county fair, out or the state fair out here a couple times, and they'll have, you know, your deep fried Snickers and your deep fried Ooh. Coke. And uh, to me, it was just... Coke? Uh, yeah, I think it's mostly just like a ball of... Dough that's made with coke instead of water, but I'm not entirely sure. 
I'd have to look more into the deep fried Coke recipe, which that's I can do horrific. right now. That's that's horrifying that someone thought to deep fry Coca Cola. I mean, Coca Cola is delicious. It's delicious already. Well, so are Twinkies. So I guess I'm that you know. Yeah, it's deep not a winning fried argument. Coke is a frozen Coca Cola flavored batter that is deep fried and then topped with cola syrup. Oh my God. I would try that just to say I did. Yeah, I mean, I bet it's not bad, but I bet I wouldn't need more than one. Right, or more, I bet we could probably share one. Yeah, yeah, I'd split an order with somebody. Yeah. Because I only weigh 210 now. Yeah, you got to keep your boyish figure. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Uh, So, uh, the reports of Star Slime go back on record roughly 700 years. Uh, The oldest report comes from an English physician named... Uh, John of Godiston or Gaddiston uh, and he wrote the first ever English medical textbook uh, called either uh, the Rosa Medicine or uh, it also had another title but the Rosa Medicine or the Rose of Medicine which he finished writing in 1317 and in the Rosa Medicine he described the Stella Terrae as a certain mucilaginous substance lying upon the earth and suggested that it can be used to treat abscesses. Uh, oh. Modern doctors do Who not, knew it was that useful? Yeah, no, modern doctors do not recommend rubbing slime that you find on the ground in your abscesses. <laughs> they recommend deep frying it and eating it. Yeah, you want to deep fry that slime that you found. Do not... Don't rub it in your abscesses. Don't rub it in an abscess. Please... Folks at home, that theory has been proven false. If you find a mysterious ooze out on your hikes, and you also have an abscess, keep those things separated. I have a question. Have you ever watched, like, Dr. Pimple Popper or one of those things and, like, almost wished you had one? Uh, I have not watched Dr. Pimple Popper, uh, and I have not wished that I had an abscess. I did once have a... uh, what do they call it a polynoidal cyst and that was oh did it squirt stuff it uh it burst eventually uh like i made a doctor's appointment to get it checked out and then before i went to the doctor it burst it was gross as hell what came out uh like a green pus how much uh i don't know uh because the way do you know exactly what a polynoidal cyst is no they used to call it jeep seat and it's basically an ingrown hair in your ass crack that gets irritated until it, uh, like, starts swelling and filling up with pus. And it happened to me because I was driving on bouncy roads a lot as a mail carrier. Oh. And so, yeah, I had basically, it felt like I had a marble at the very top of my ass crack. Oh, that is not comfortable. No, it was not comfortable. And it eventually burst when I was uh, using the toilet. Well, I don't know if we needed that, but th- thank you. Well, that's why I don't know how much was there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> this episode is amazing so far. Yeah, we're getting a <laughs> lot of stuff out there. Yeah, a lot of good information. Uh, so, And by the way, you just did shame and embarrassment. You're out of that se- segment. Oh, that was this segment. Okay, so new segment, shame and embarrassment. What's your shame and embarrassment, Ethan? Yeah, that was going to be our new segment. It's called Shame and Embarrassment. Um, Fit bumper in here. Shame and embarrassment. Shibble sad. Ethan sad. 
Okay. Okay, It'll so my embarrassment like was uh, that polynoidal cyst I had growing at the very top of my ass crack a couple of years ago. What's something you're that ashamed burst, of or embarrassed about? That burst when you were using the toilet. Yes, that is when it burst. Yeah. And then I went, um, I still I'm, kept my doctor's appointment, and I told my nurse that I had uh, a polynoidal cyst, and she was like, okay, pull down your pants, let me take a look. And she's like, I'm not seeing anything. And I was like, well, that's embarrassing. <laughs> She she didn't she thought the size of your polynoidal cyst was not impressive. Uh, well, it was just gone then. But at that point, yeah, I know. Yeah. Uh, my shame and embarrassment. Uh, you guys already know that I went to bed till I was eleven, right? Uh, you did mention that. Uh, fans of the episode might want to listen to episode. I think it was either two or three where you mentioned that. Okay, quick story. Um, my cousin Stephen had this great baseball card collection, and he was so nice. And he should let me look through it and trust me. And I was eight. And he would give me ones that weren't in the best condition. And one time he left the room and I bent the corner of one and then asked him for it. And he noticed and he was like, did you do that? And I was like, oh my God, no, of course not. I was like eight. And I felt so terrible afterwards and I still feel so terrible to this day and I never told him. And I just, it makes me sad sometimes. Does he listen to the show? No. Well, tell him to check this episode up. No, I don't want him to know. I'm pretty sure he can get over it. This is that's what shame and embarrassment is all about. It's about airing out the closet. Sunshine. No, because baseball best cards are so expensive now that like. Do you even remember who it was? Was it like a Kirby Puckett, one of those tops ones? I I, I don't remember. I do remember. It was a Johnny Bench second year card. Okay. Okay. Do you know like which distributor it was? Tops. All right. Uh, tops. Johnny Bench. Second year. Look it up in a PSA nine because it was probably in really good condition. PSA nine. Uh. I'm sorry, Cousin Steven. I, I feel so terrible. It's the worst thing I ever did. Okay. Uh, 68 was his rookie year, so I'm looking for 69. Nice. Yes. Uh, looks like a 9 is right now on eBay for 79 or about $800 or best offer. Oh, okay. I'm not oh, finding well. one that's like sold but you're better at ebay than i am yeah well that means probably four hundred dollars there you go all right i I, i'll give them that and now you can sleep with a clean conscience yeah i'll make restitution that's what i'll do so back to that was shame and embarrassment back to star jelly so more recent reports of uh star jelly include one from november 11th 1846 when (laughs) more recent Hmm? More recent. Yeah, yeah, I'm getting more and more recent. It's coming up. More recent than 700 years ago. I got one from about uh, 170 uh, when a four-foot-wide glowing object fell in Lowville, New York. Uh, This left behind a mass of glowing star jelly that smelled horrible and quickly dissolved. Next incident I got, this one we got a police record on. Oh, that's for, that's pretty legit. Yeah, ni- we all know they don't lie. In 1950, 
Four Philadelphia police officers located a six-foot-wide, one-foot-tall domed disc of quivering jelly at the intersection of 26th Street and Vare Avenue. And what color is the jelly? Uh, that was the, the white to off-white. Oh, it's white. Okay, good. Yeah, that's why they didn't shoot it. Right. Uh, this incident went on to inspire the feature-length film The Blob, starring <gasps> Steve McQueen. Get out of here. Nah, for real. Did you ever hear the Star Blob Jelly song? inspired The Blob. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah, the, when the Star Jelly landed in Philadelphia on the corner of 26th Street and Vare Avenue. Holy shit. That is really good information to know. Did you ever hear the theme song to the Steve McQueen The Blob? No. Oh, it's great. It, I'll, I'll put it at the end of the episode. I'll mix up our closing credits song this week. But it goes like, it creeps and sweeps and files and boils and blah, blah, blah. It comes from space and then it comes into. Beware of the blob. It's great. You're going to love it. Fry it up and eat it in Mexico. And uh, the the last report that I've got uh, is. Uh, Wait, you finish that? Wait, they reported seriously seeing a six foot tall blob and that's the end of the investigation? Blob. And then, you know, like all star jelly, it rapidly either uh, dissolved or evaporated and disappeared. Uh, so, it's just gone now. Who knows? Okay, I guess, I guess it wasn't a humanoid, so it wasn't that frightening or disturbing to them. No, no. Then Police are inherently incurious people. Yeah. So, August 11th, 1979, uh, Ms. Sybil Christian of Frisco, Texas... Shibble Christian? Sybil Christian, very similar. Coincidence? <laughs> yeah, really. Are you related? Well, for those at home who don't know, uh, my nickname, Shibble, is a uh, shortened version of a larger nickname, Sybil Shibble, which is, of course, obviously a parody of Sybil Shepherd. <laughs> of course. Yeah, and obviously, if you looked at me and you looked at Sybil Shepherd, it wouldn't help. But... That's what it is anyway. It makes sense. Uh, so, uh, Ms. Sybil Christian of Frisco, Texas, reported three blobs as smooth as whipped cream and roughly the size of a rotary phone that were purple metal flex on her front line. Uh, now, those uh, small blobs, some of them were sent to NASA and... Obviously, you can't trust anything that they would say about it. Right. Um, uh, the police collected some. Some went to a university. And that's when the cover-up began. We have no further reports. No further reports, but but it, it's documented that they collected these things? Yes. Um, wow. Uh, we also have a... Uh, we do have a theory as to what the uh, star jelly is. Uh, and that comes from Fate Magazine, which ran a report on Star Jelly. It comes from Mexico, and the theory is that it's delicious. Uh, yeah, I mean, it probably is. If we have <coughs> any listeners in Veracruz, Mexico... Hola. Hola. Me amo es shibble. Please give us a report on uh, your local delicacy, Caca de Luna. <laughs> Gracias. Uh, so Fate Magazine, uh, a noted source for things that are true, 
described it as uh, cellular organic matter that floated through space in the form of pre-stellar molecular clouds. So. All right. That's what that is. Yeah. Jelly facts. Jelly, also known as jello, gelatine, and gelatine dessert in God knows where, uh, was originally made by using the gelatine from an animal, most commonly a young cow's foot, and mixing the extract with sugar and fruit juice. Yeah, it's basically uh, just uh, collagen, is my understanding. Yes. Beetle poop is the secret ingredient that makes jelly beans shiny. Mm. The FDA calls this shellac and not beetle shit. Yeah. I don't know why. They should. I mean, I think shellac is much better marketing. Do you really? Know what, I think beetle shit's funny. Do you know what artificial vanilla is made out of? Um, a goody shit. It's made out of uh, anal glands from a beaver? Really? Yeah. Who would have thought that that would taste so delicious? Yeah, and who would have thought that that would be easier to get than vanilla pods? But I guess so. <laughs> Uh, shellac or uh, beetle shit is found in a lot more candy than just jelly beans. Uh, it's actually in Hershey's, Milk Duds, Junior Mints, Godiva, and candy corn. Well, there you go. That's probably a great source of beetle shit. <laughs> On the night of February 1st, 1976, Elvis, Pe- uh, Elvis Presley took his private jet from Graceland to Denver and back in one night just because he was craving an 8,000-calorie sandwich... <laughs> Made from a hollowed-out loaf filled with an entire jar of peanut butter, one jar of jelly, and a pound of bacon. The event made the Fool's Gold Loaf Sandwich famous. Now, no one else could have made this in Graceland? It doesn't sound like there are any particularly rare ingredients. What Where is would you have gotten the peanut butter? Yeah, I mean, you just need the jar of peanut butter. Jar but jelly. But there's jelly in it. Jar of uh, loaf of bread? pound of bacon but a whole loaf i mean my dude could have just gone to the grocery store no but he wanted it from um no it doesn't even say that he wanted it from where did he go to denver where's graceland tennessee uh somewhere like that yeah somewhere like that to denver back in one night for an eight thousand calorie peanut butter jelly and bacon sandwich that is crazy that does seem a bit much to me it seems like he looks like he did that at the end. I mean, hey. Who am I to deny I look, the king? I look like lunch. I do that now. I mean, if he was, if he can afford it, I mean, I guess it is pretty. It's probably better uh, to give it to charity if he can afford it. And that's a pretty big carbon footprint to fly out to Denver and back for a sandwich. In 76, we weren't worried about a carbon footprint. Still, Elvis, you're canceled. Ha! <laughs> Uh, I'm let that sink in. I have nothing to say. Um, those were uh, the second set of facts. We have a third on the way. But uh, back to star jelly, Shibble. Well, I've come to sort of the end of my star jelly research. Oh, have you? Yeah. So, I mean, the thing about star jelly to me is, you know, it does sound pretty crazy. But can it love? A werewolf ain't my dad, but it's not so bad. 
It might sound crazy, but can it love? Can it give me a kiss? Can it hold my hand? Would it say I love you? Does it understand? Does it know that I've never felt this way before? There's a full moon tonight. It's so romantic. This might sound crazy, but can it love? Can it love? My dad is a werewolf. So what do you think? You think this jelly can fall in love? I don't know. This alien it's, jelly? We've assumed star, that it's sentient. It's sentient star jelly. I guess, I mean, like, it's sentient. So anything sentient can... Wait, can any can anything sentient... Love in theory? Uh, not, uh, I'm gonna say psychopaths. Oh. Yeah, it's a good one. So I guess it could be a psychopath. But can't they love in their own, can they love in their own way? You know, I don't know enough about psychopathy to speak on it confidently. I think they can love, I just don't think it's our kind of love. It's possible. possible. Maybe sociopaths. No, they're, they're even less so. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to say that, yeah, those guys... Uh, but, yeah, back to Star Jelly. Do you think Star Jelly can love? I think Star Jelly can love because uh, the universe is part of all of us. We are all part of the universe. And uh, I feel like Jimi Hendrix would say uh, that some jelly that comes from space is definitely like love. Fair enough. I'm going to say... I'm going to say no. I'm going to say I've I've seen no indications of uh, uh, any kind of emotion in any of these stories. It seems barely mobile. But then, it also seems to be having a very rough time in our earthen atmosphere. Something seems to be getting rid of it pretty quickly. Or it's afraid and it might be disappearing and coming back. You don't know if it's just disappearing. It might not be evaporating. It's true. It might be changing forms. Right. Maybe it's making love to the planet Earth. Uh, it, it, which it might love. Which raises the next question. Can it fuck? That sounds crazy, but can it fuck? Uh, so I googled uh, Star Jelly Erotica, mm-hmm. and I got uh, the the book Jelly Ass Eruption okay. by, by Sophie Sin. So did you it's, put Star Jelly in quotes? Yeah. <laughs> I don't remember. Okay. Um, it was it's ninety nine cents cents on Kindle. If you're interested, uh, her bio: Sophie Sin writes heterosexual erotica, and she writes gay erotic fiction under the name Dick Powers. All right. First of all, um, I, would you like to hear about uh, Star Jelly Ass Eruption? Yes. The first to go in is painful, enlivening, and pleasurable. I want to squeeze it. <laughs> I want. I want. Did you want to send this to me for me to read? (laughs) I want to squeeze it out, but Fred, tonight's rather wicked customer, doesn't allow it. There's five more to go in. My blue eyes turn to his brown ones with a pained expression. Five. The short, muscular man nods. 
I moan with my desire clear to all watching. So much sexiness in one act, I can't get enough of this perversion. That's all I have. Okay. Fair enough. Not a lot of not a lot of star jelly in that clip. Well, I think it was implied what it was being used for. Okay. Okay. It easily could have been one of the six things that were being put somewhere. No, I think it was used. It was being. It was the lubricant for the six things. Okay, they could also be the lubricant for the six things. Oh, that's how I took it. Oh, I was taking it like some sort of uh, jelly enema. Oh no, no, I I was taking it as as beads with star jelly. That could be it too. Yeah, I could be wrong. I mean, I, I that's all I read of it. <laughs> well, I think now that we've got that established of uh, whether or not it can love and whether or not it can fuck. No, wait, we just talked about erotica. Do you think it can fuck? Yeah, I was about to say, um, I would like to tell you a little bit about space sex. Is that okay? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, these bad boys are from space. Let's get some contextual understanding of what it's like to make whoopee in the stars. NASA says no humans have had sex in space. Um, however... Mark Lee and Jan Davis met during training for a shuttle mission and kept their relationship quiet as NASA would have separated them as it banned married astronauts from flying together. Mm. So in 1992, they became the first, and uh, it's a written rule now, so probably the last married couple in space, and they might have done the sex while they were in space. Well, that sounds pretty good. Does anybody... People must have jacked off in space though oh i would imagine that plenty have yeah i mean you're up there for a while you know uh, on that five, space station that's what how long are you on a space station for like two months a couple months i i really don't know i think it it ranges a great range it's true i think you can be up there for years yeah yeah you you gotta jack off in space that's a given uh five species from amoebas to rats have had sex in orbit Amoebas have sex? I thought they reproduced by cellular mitosis. It says they had, well, the act of reproduction. Okay. So I guess they haven't. Why would they include them then? Well, you know, they thought it was um, It may be dangerous to have sex in space for us because the further the go you go from Earth, the less you're shielded by Earth's magnetic field. Mm. And if you look at the organs sensitive to radiation damage... The gonads, ovaries, and testes are the top three, says yep. Joseph Tash, a professor at U Kansas. Hey, a homeboy of yours. Go, okay, go Wildcats. We only have a very, uh, yeah, you're right. Yeah, I took. Me, I uh, always confuse uh, University of Kansas and Kansas and KU. Wait, I thought it was Kentucky Wildcats. No, wait, hang on. KU is the University of Kansas. And it's the the Jayhawks. Yeah. And the Wildcats, they're also Kentucky. Wildcats for a different Kansas oh. thing. Well, we only have a very small sample of female astronauts to begin with. Only 11% of people who have gone to space as of 2015 have been women. And they're typically in their late 30s, and most of them choose to take hormonal birth control to stop menstruating while they're there. Mm, that seems like a smart play. Because could you imagine? 
So uh, the Wildcats now, is K State. Sorry about that, Wildcats fans. It's okay. I'm not one. And then we have an example of space most famous porn. Mm. We have Space Thing from 1968. A man reading a science fiction magazine in bed while his wife falls asleep dreams that he's on a lesbian spaceship mm. where, the, where the sadistic captain mother forbids the female crew mothers to get it on with men. Mm. At Our favorite scene is the main character, Granilla, disintegrating a man who's jealous that the women are sleeping with her. And then a naked woman shows up to explain disintegration as a concept. Mm. <laughs> that sounds then great. That's how I... You know, I used to think that narrative fiction was my favorite way to learn. <laughs> Space porn is? I might say a naked woman showing up to explain it to me might be a little bit better. Uh, in 1974, there was Flesh Gordon. Classic. Um, featuring Flesh and his sidekick, Dale Arder. The Emperor Wang bombards the Earth with a sex ray from Planet Porno, and it turns everybody into a sex fiend. Uh, lesbian queens in black swan spaceships, bearded men with pasties, penisaurs, bearded men with drag queen makeup, and sex robots ensue. Sounds and last, like a fun night to me. Last but not least, we have Spermula from 1976. Oh, okay. I thought Spermula was going to be about a Dracula that sucks dick. <laughs> you should do a remake of that. And that should be what it is. I mean, to me, that just makes sense. Uh, yeah, it, 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 well, it drains your... Yeah, voice. he's Count Spermula. Count Spermula. Well, I would think it would be a woman. That's oh, your no, next I Halloween costume. <laughs> It'll just be a glory hole, and I'll just be behind it. No, it's Spermula. just a Dracula costume with some white stains on the jacket. Oh, that's gross. It'll just be a... Nothing. <laughs> Spermula, 1976, is the classic alien women come to Earth to drain men of their sexual fluids movie, mm. and the process leaves the men impotent. The aliens drive around in a Rolls Royce picking up men, and there's also a subplot with a circus troupe. All right. So and we those know are the porns the... about space. All right. Uh, so I'm going to say based on all that space sex information that we've recently gained, I'm going to say that, to me, you said earlier that you thought these were like microorganisms living in a colony. Something like a nano nanoorganism. Yeah, colony. I think it's something like that. I think they reproduce asexually. Really? Yeah, I think, I, I think when you look at most, like, organisms on Earth that are, like, slimes and jellies, uh, they, they tend to be pretty, like, uniform- but then also, have you ever heard anything about Slime Girls amongst no, monster fucking girl? fans? I know we've what? got some monster fuckers in our audience. <laughs> and so I'd be ashamed not to mention Slime Girls, who are... Just do a quick Google image search on Slime Girl. Okay. Or possibly even Sexy Slime Girl. Okay, this is gross. But yeah, just imagine uh, having sex with like a big sentient slime that looks like a naked lady. Some of these are hot. Yeah, like I could see 
maybe if it learned, if it was able to last long enough on Earth and wanted to integrate into our society, and then it fell in love, because we're thinking that it might be sentient, then it might want to, say, take on the form of a slime girl and bone. Yeah, to reproduce with its love. Or, or just to enjoy the sexual act. Right, that's true. That's true as well. I think there was a recent movie. There was a horror movie like this where the guy was an alien who had come to find a new planet for his like little microbiome species. Spermula. Occup- You're talking about spermula. No, I'm not. Was he count spermula? It was not count spermula. Did, there was a real horror movie. In the trailer, the- did he say, I want to suck your dick? <laughs> No, he didn't do that. Uh, but he said, um, children of the night. And say children of the something else. I'm children of the night. What sperm they make. Children of the brambles. Children of the night. What commies they make. <laughs> um, I forgot what I was saying because you started doing... Uh, I think you were dig- saying, it's fight night. Fight night. Yay. Fight. Ready for fight night? Yes. Okay. Round one. Star Jelly versus how many prime Shaquille O'Neal's? Okay. Let's say the Star Jelly isn't going to dissolve immediately. Let's say say we've got a very... Let's say it takes on a human form. Okay. Okay. Let's say it's evolved to the point where it can now become a a jelly-sized man. And let's say it's one of these big pools that was about, you know, the six feet around one feet high so it would probably grow up take on the form of like a six foot tall man so like the sandman from spider-man yes but instead goo possibly closer to mr fantastic so like Um, semen sandman but made out of semen. yeah i'm gonna say so how many shacks would i need to take down a gooey man (laughs) okay Here's the thing. Because of its goo shape, it's going to be pretty resilient, right? Like, you can't really cut through goo. You can't really punch goo. You'd have to do something like burn it or throw acid. Or stomp on it. Hmm? Stomp on it? Shaq stomping on something? I'm sure he could destroy something. I think if he's just stomping on it, it's just going to, like, pull out and then reform. Okay, all right. Uh... I think, yeah, you're going to need... You'll need a chemical fire. Yeah. that That's your... Or maybe even a... Maybe an electrocution could take it. And you know what? Yeah. But I'm going to say its offensive capabilities are not going to be that great unless it can try and smother Shaq, you know, and, like, work its way into its nose and mouth and goo. Uh, so He's I'm going to say powerful. one Shaq can get it done. I agree. Shaq, I think you just agree? Gonna, He's just going to have to use that uh, situational awareness that you get on the basketball court, and he's going to have to have his head down on a swivel looking for opportunities and weaknesses. Shaq, how good was your situ- situational awareness as, as in your prime? I was aware of so many situations. <laughs> it was kind of like being omnipotent on a basketball court. That's amazing. Thank you, Shaq. I knew where the ball was all the time. It helps that it's bright orange. (laughs) 
Do you think I'm a bad person for what I did to my cousin, or do you think he would forgive me if I told him? I think he will forgive you. It's been a long time. But also, I, I don't know your coven. cousin. Is he kind of a dickhead? He's in a cu- he's a witch, so it actually is uh, both. Then I would not cross him. <laughs> Thank you, Shaq. It was nice to see you. Who's next? Um, Star Jelly versus Smucker's Jelly. Okay. Uh, just like a jar of the uh, like an equivalent. No, an volume. equal size, equal size blob. Uh, I'm gonna put it on the Star Jelly. A lot more sentient, if a lot less delicious. Although the people of Veracruz might say something different. Okay, Star Jelly versus a porn set in need of lube. Well, I'm going to say, once again, you probably should not be rubbing this on yourself, and especially uh, the uh, our canonical description involve the Star Jelly uh, disappearing very quickly, and that's something that you oh, don't no, want in your lube. You're going to have that. to keep on reapplying... It's not going to be cut out for this situation. I'm going to put this on the porn set. Okay, good. Okay, Star Jelly versus Bark Hammersmith, strictly in a Shibbles alias name contest. Okay, so they're both trying to come up with great alias names for me? No, no. Oh, which one is a better name for me? Better alias for you. Oh, Star Jelly. Yes. I am, I am, too, I am not as rough around the edges as uh, someone nicknamed Bark Hammersmith would have to be. That is absolutely correct. All right. Star Jelly versus R. Kelly. Ooh. Gonna put this one on the jelly. I mean, even the Pied Piper of R&B. Uh, he's come to the end of his road. And frankly, I'm so upset with R. Kelly. Why? He made some he betrayed great us. songs. And then he turned out to be uh, a sexual cult leader that was kidnapping <laughs> women. That seemed bad. And, you know, but I loved Trapped in the Closet. What, what the fuck is wrong with you? That you had it's, to go I feel that, betrayed. I feel betrayed because he made us like him and then he ends up being evil. Yeah, he turns out to be just a massive piece of shit, which sucks because he made a lot of great tracks. Yeah. All right. Star Jelly. Versus Arnelli and the Saint Lunatics. Ooh, okay. So the other Saint Lunatics, you got the guy with the Phantom of the Opera mask. Right. And I'm assuming there's at least two more. Murphy Lee. Murphy Lee. He's one of them, and he's known for something. Uh, Air Force Ones. He's got some great Air Force Ones. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna, uh, I'm gonna say, is this Prime Nelly and the Lunatics? Yes. Okay, then I'm going to put it on them. Star Jelly versus Madison Cawthorn, except Madison Cawthorn is in the spiky wheelchair from Nightmare on Elm Street. I don't know who Madison Cawthorn is. He's a congressman, he's a piece of shit, and he's in a wheelchair, and he deserves to be. Okay. Oof. Uh, but he's in a I wish they had an armchair they could put him in, too. Uh, I'm going to say I'm going to put this one on the star jelly just because I feel like we've said it's pretty resilient against piercing attacks. Yes, that's true. And last but not least, just because you pick star jelly, star jelly versus the Bermuda Triangle. Mm, okay. So the Bermuda Triangle, as we know from our most uh, recent location episode, episode <laughs> 211, don't be obtuse. It's the Bermuda Triangle. Available now on your favorite 
podcasting platforms. Which is Don't forget to Spotify like and subscribe. Or Apple Podcasts. Or Stitcher. Uh, really? Yeah. People watch that? Oh, I didn't know. Uh, I'm going to say that uh, we know that the Bermuda Triangle is bullshit in terms of being a paranormal phenomenon, but is not bullshit in terms of being a dangerous part of the ocean. Right. So I'm going to put this one on the Bermuda Triangle. It's just too big. It is. It will It will just, I mean, think of how it will dilute the star jelly. Yeah, it's true. We see it mostly on land, and I think that is because it would get watered down and dissolve very easily. That is absolutely right. And you have aced fight night, Shevel. Phew! Thank God. That was excellent. But here's the thing. This freaky-ass goo that is from outer space is starting to freak me out. Are you getting freaked out? I I got to tell you, I'm not just freaked out. I'm frightened. Mm. I feel like I've just watched... Um, You're recording in bed. Uh, Have you returned to wedding the bed? <laughs> I'll know tomorrow morning. Okay. Do you know... Do you wake um, up screaming, Star Jelly! Yeah. Oh, I'm I, all I, moist. It was more than moist, I'll have you know. As you get older, that was quite a lot of liquid. Oh, uh, sure. Oh, God, it was embarrassing. Um, yeah, I, I am frightened. I, I'm afraid that I'm going to wake up with star jelly on me. I'm afraid it's going to take over my dog like it did to Joker. And I, I just have to know, Shibble, is it real? Is real? Check it, Bavakasha. Hey! Well, could be. I mean, we know that these are real physical things that people have seen. Uh, and we know that, uh, at the very least, the the one on uh, for uh, Sybil Christian did appear roughly after a meteor shower. But uh, there's a little bit more to that story, that Sybil Christian one. Uh, it is... Uh, she lived near a battery recycling plant and the uh, one of the chemicals that they use in cleaning out the old batteries uh, would appear as sort of a purple glob now those are more uh. solid but Sybil Christian did try to wash away the blobs with her garden hose which may have given it a more gelatinous texture oh and the, met- the metallic flax that were in there could be the lead from the batteries so that one who can say what a lawsuit she should have. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because they, they said, like, part of the waste disposal truck's route did drive by her house, so it's possible it, like, hit a pothole and it popped out, you know, like a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle ooze. <laughs> um, other Just reports like that. Uh, are often said, uh, you know, it turns out to be some sort of mold or fungus or algae or cyanobacteria. <coughs> uh, a couple times when it's taken in to be tested... Uh, it's turned out to be uh, the glands from the oviducts of uh, frogs that have been what? eaten by birds and then vomited. Because when <sighs> these... Uh, Are they bioluminescent? Uh, no, but not all reports have been bioluminescent. Uh. Uh, so these like blobs of slime could just be vomited up frog parts. <laughs> That's um, awesome. And apparently they swell when they hit the moisture that's inside the bird's stomach or something like that. <laughs> Gross. And the uh, caca de luna is actually enteridium lycoperdon. 
Say Enteridium like Copperdon, <laughs> which is a type of slime mold. Now, wait, they're eating mold. They are eating deep fried mold. From what? what where is just, the mold? They just harvest it. You know, they just go out and, and they, they and they, but they believe it's moon shit. They call it moon shit, but I'm pretty sure they know that it is some type of slime mold that could be from space. But could it have the moon shit on it? It could be. They could be from the moon. Could have the ability to shit. The moon could be a living being that shits, <laughs> and it could have uh, gotten that shit on uh, some of this space mold. That has then landed on Earth. Uh, in Mexico, where it's eaten. I in understand. Veracruz. Yeah. So, so we're going to have to put a, a maybe on this one. Yeah, so it's absolutely real is what I'm taking from this. I'm get, I'm saying that it is real, that there is a substance out there called slime mold, and if you're out on a hike sometime, you see some slime, uh, uh, some star jelly, take a picture of it, you know, tag us. We'd love to share your star jelly pics, because this is something, this is a cryptid that you can go out there and you can find. Yeah, and it's not as dangerous as the ones that murder and rape. It's true. If you encounter Bunny Man, don't take a picture. Don't Instagram him. It's true. He's gonna he's gonna be coming at you with a hatchet. Yeah, but Star Jelly, you can definitely approach, but don't let your dog eat it because no. they'll talk. And don't get it on your abscesses, no matter what fourteenth-century medical textbooks tell you. Yeah, or your, uh, what did you have on your ass? Oh, don't rub it on your polynoidal cyst, either. <laughs> on that note, I think I see a red light. Oh my god, is that the red light from Uncle Monster? Oh yeah, he didn't goodness. want to hear about any more polynoidal cysts. No, nobody wants to hear more about the marble-sized cysts that exist at the top of my ass crack at one point. <laughs> Uncle Monster, Uncle do Monster. you have any movie recommendations? Oh, yeah! I just watched... Uh, you guys were talking about the old blob, but did you see the new blob? The one from the 80s? It's not new-new, but it's... It's new. It's relatively new. Who's in it? Oh, good question. <laughs> it's got, uh... That guy... Not, not Matt Dillon, but his brother Steve Dillon, I think... Yeah, Steve Dillon, I don't know. Uh, it's not, it's it's not got, Steve Dillon. It's okay, one of the Dillons, right? Yeah, it's got, you know, a him Dillon. in it. But the real star is, uh, it's got just some, oh, Kevin Dillon. It's got Kevin Dillon. Oh, and it's also got uh, 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 Jeffrey DeMunn as the sheriff. <laughs> Thank you, Uncle Monster. Uh, any other movies, or, or is that it? That's it! But maybe you should talk to Uncle Monster, too. Yeah! I have a lot of great ideas for what you should and shouldn't be watching for movies. I can't wait to hear all about them. I hope some of them are brought to us by Shudder. Hi, Sybil. Hi, Uncle Monster, too. What you got for us this week? How are you? Man, I'm hanging in. I'm hanging in by my fingernails, but I'm hanging in. How's your cyst? Uh, it's much better now, thank you. Oh, good. I'm glad to hear it. My first tip is, you know that new Paranormal Activity movie? Nope. It's called Next of Kin. Oh, okay. Don't like watch Like you're the that. Next of Kin to Uncle Monster. It's awful. Okay, skip that one. You heard it here, folks. It is so bad. It's really embarrassing. I hate it. It lost all the charm of the first one. Say la vie. Now, 
Now, I have a suggestion too. Try Phantasm, because I am. I'm going to try watching that movie, so try it with me. Shibble said it's really great. Phantasm is fantastic, and we're going to be covering the entire Phantasm franchise over on our Patreon. <gasps> Why don't you tell them about our socials? Well, you can find us at Uncle Monster 6 on Instagram, on Twitter, on Facebook and Patreon, where we've got a bunch of ton uh, fun bonus episodes for just five dollars. You get early access to our episodes, and you get obviously deep dives into Nightmare on Elm Street, Insidious, and now coming up is Phantasm. I mean, we're doing you know hour, two hour deep dives into your favorite horror movies. I mean, how can you miss that? And honestly, I'd really appreciate it because. <laughs> It just makes me feel good. And, and thank you also, you know, for uh, liking and subscribing and following us on social media and letting us know that you're listening. It always feels good. Thanks for telling a friend when they say, hey, what have you been listening lately? Tell them, hey, I checked out this one called Uncle Monster. It's pretty fun. Uh, you know, if you've been doing that, word of mouth, that's the best advertising. Yeah, we appreciate all you guys. We love you for listening. Thank you so much. We'll see you next time, and remember, of course, number one rule, don't, don't get, get spooked. spooked. Beware of the blob. <laughs>
leaps and glides and slides across the floor, right through the door and all around the wall. A splotch, a blotch, be careful of the blob. Beware of the blob, it 